I am Plata on the line in Vancouver, British Columbia at thecommentary.ca. Michael Audain joins me now. The founder of uh, Polygon Homes has recently published a new book, Pictures on the Wall, Building a Canadian Art Collection. It's an engaging, often candid book that also features striking photographs of 75 works that have meant a great deal to Audain, how uh, they came into his collection and why they're important. I'll ask Michael about what it's like to own works by artists like Emily Carr, Jean-Paul Riappel, Andy Warhol, Jeff Wall, and Stan Douglas, among many others. I'll ask him what it is about art, the art of British Columbia that he's found important. Michael Audain is also the chairman of Polygon Homes, an officer of the Order of Canada and a member of the Order of British Columbia. In 2021, he published uh, a memoir, One Man in His Time. This new book is published by Douglas and McIntyre. We spoke this past Friday. Please uh, welcome to the Plant Online program, Michael O'Dane. Mr. O'Dane, good morning. Uh, good morning to you. Thanks for joining us. Um, you write in the book that you've always been interested in art, even as a, as a, as a uh, young child. Um, once you could afford to buy art, does the relationship with how you view art and how you like art, does that change at all? Um, I don't think so. It, uh, my uh, acquiring art was a, a very gradual process over a number of years. And, and uh, in fact, it uh, uh, took me um, uh, a long time before I could... Uh, Say buy a um, work of art for uh, over um, over a hundred dollars. So um, I, I don't think it really changed. One of the things I was thinking about as I was reading your book, Pictures on the Wall, um, is that if you hadn't bought a lot of these pieces that we see in the book, a lot of them would have been unseen, right? Um, well, perhaps uh, someone else would have bought them for their private collection. In some cases, they might have uh, been uh, acquired by um, people in other countries. Yeah. And uh, but um, anyway, um, our, our uh, idea is always has always been to share uh, our collection, and uh, that's uh, really what's happening. And in a sense, I think the book is just one way of. Uh, a collector trying to uh, share their enthusiasm about uh, one of their uh, life's pursuits. So um, that's kind of how I would explain it. And and um, a lot of these pieces um, are accessible now, especially in the, in the gallery at, at Whistler there. Um, are, are you pleased with, with the numbers of, of people that, that go up there and, and, and uh, wander through the gallery? Well, absolutely. Uh, the the gallery, uh, I think, has been open about um, uh, five or six years now, and um, every year the attendance uh, increases. Uh, when we um, first uh, told people we were considering um, uh, building a uh, an art gallery uh, in Whistler, um, uh, pe- people, including uh, some of my good friends, were very skeptical. But uh, anyone would uh, go and see it. Well, they said, "Well, why would you do an art gallery in a um, in a ski uh, resort?" But yeah. um, uh, it seems to have worked. It's partly because I think uh, 
not everyone skis all the time. Let's mm-hmm. put it that way. Right. And 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 uh, and Whistler is now I'm I'm told busier in the summer than it is in the winter. So um, that's uh, that sort of helps uh, make the um, the the uh, the gallery going popular. You talk about something in, in, near the back of the book, Michael, that I found fascinating, um, about what it's like to own uh, a piece of art. And um, you, you talk about uh, buying a, a Rio Pell and, and, and touching it. Um, there's a New Chelnuth club that was handled by Captain Cook that, that um, you've been able to hold over the years. Um, yes. Could you describe what that actually feels like for you? Well, it, it is hard to uh, describe, it, but all I can say is a, a great uh, thrill. Uh, can you imagine that um, I would be holding something that uh, Captain James Cook uh, in his day actually um, uh, had it in, in his hand? And uh, I've always admired him, of course, as he's a man who sailed further into unknown seas than any man before or since. So um, as a, um, a long-time boater, <laughs> a boater, I've always admired uh, Cook, and that, that was a, a thrill. But in terms of uh, uh, Jean-Paul Riappel, I, I never met the artist, uh, but I did encounter his work at about the age of 16. Mm-hmm. And uh, as uh, I grew older, I, uh, I, I never f- forgot that occasion. And uh, I've always um, enjoyed it and been to be actually absolutely uh, thrilled to be able to, um, to, to hang it on my wall for a while, only for a while, because uh, art, we always, uh, we always pass on. And, and so that's the case with a lot of the pieces. They, they were in your, in your house, say, uh, in your room. Yes. And then uh, you swap these things out regularly, do you? Yes, uh, art moves around in, in our home, but also um, a lot of it has moved out now. Um, uh, I think, uh, obviously, the Ordain Art Museum in Whistler has the, uh, the a lot of our, our artwork. I think we donated, uh, you know, to 200 to 250 works there, but also there's works in the National Gallery of Canada, the Vancouver Art Gallery, and just today, I'm working on a, a uh, large uh, acquisition of maybe three dozen works to the, uh, the uh, art uh, museum in uh, Quebec City. Uh, and uh, so uh, that, that's it's always wonderful to be able to share our work with the public in that way. There's another story in the book, Michael, where um, you, you went to Paris to go see a Riopelle that was up for auction. And um, there were a number of people in the room, one of these, these uh, champagne and canopy affairs. And um, yeah. you were only interested in seeing the Riopelle. And, and you asked to see the back of the painting. Uh, what were you looking for? Well, uh, that's uh, something that um, I think collectors uh, always do. It's a, a way of uh, inspecting the, um, the, the, uh, the work that you are considering acquiring. And uh, also the, the back uh, will tell me whether the, um, the, the frame is uh, new or, or not. It will, uh, sometimes it will tell me 
what exhibitions the the work has been in, because mm-hmm. usually it's the custom to append uh, museum labels to to a painting as it travels around. So uh, that that's why uh, one always has to um, look at the back of a of a of a work of art. Is it, and it makes sense if you're spending that much money, I guess, on a piece of work, right? Yes, of course. Yeah. Um, the, 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 there's a chapter in the book of, of, of Riopelle's work, and, and um, it's fascinating to see um, his early work versus, say, his later work. Did, did you see a development in how he evolves as an artist, say? Well, uh, I, I encountered Riopelle through his his most famous period, which is uh, the early um, the early 1950s. Uh, the work that uh, he was doing with a, um, a palette knife, and um, o- often it's called the mosaic work. But um, over the years, I, I've become uh, to know the length and breadth of Pissarra's um, work, and uh, I, I came to realize that, like all really great artists, Riopelle didn't only have one marvelous time. Uh, there were other periods. Uh, some of his early uh, watercolors, for instance, done in the early 1950s, they are absolutely gorgeous. They are marvelous. And then uh, let's switch to the, um, the 1970s. He, he, he was probably the first artist to depict the Canadian Arctic in all its uh, glory and um, majesty and, and also all its uh, wonder and mystery. And uh, there's a whole series he did of Arctic paintings. But there's other periods we could talk about, but I I just want to uh, make that point that great artists don't only have one uh, one, Mm. uh, specially important period. And and that's the same thing as as we read the the, uh, pieces about Carr, Emily Carr, in your book. Yes. um, um, And I found just fascinating the some members of your family didn't care for her work, right? Yes, well, I, I grew up uh, mostly in Victoria, B.C., and that's where, of course, Carl uh, was uh, situated. And um, the, the local people, including my parents, didn't really hold her in high regard. I, I remember my my stepmother uh, saying, you know, that uh, that woman, when, when she was... Um, uh, you know, depicting um, the the uh, northwest coast, uh, she said, "Well, she got her, her colors all wrong." <laughs> and uh, you know, so anyway, it's funny talking about uh, what is uh, generally acknowledged as um, one of uh, Canada's uh, most uh, uh, famous uh, and artists, uh, famous from coast to coast, and. Um, I, 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 that's uh, certainly the um, how, how um, Emily Carr is considered now in our country. Yeah, and so she, she's an artist whose work um, you've uh, been around a very long time. When when you see some of her pieces today, do you um, see things that, that you hadn't seen before? Say, oh yes, uh, of course. Uh, when one comes across new work and uh, and it broadens one's uh, view of an artist and. But uh, I, I have uh, I've seen a lot of Emily Carr's and um, and 
we also uh, have acquired a, a lot. I, I think our uh, art museum in Whistler, I think, has about the, the third best collection in, in the country, after the Vancouver Art Gallery and the, and the National Gallery of Canada. Yeah. Uh, I, I would rate it uh, number three. So when you see her colors today, what sort of feelings do, do, do they evoke in you? Well, I, I think they, they, what they tell me is something about the artist's history, that she spent time in, um, in, uh, in the early part of the um, uh, 20th century in, in France, and, and she was very influenced at that time by the uh, French uh, Impressionists and, and Fauvists, and um, so she, she did uh, gain a totally new uh, color sense, a way of playing with colors in France at that time, and then she brought it back and uh, applied it to the uh, West Coast, the deep, dark forests of British Columbia and the seascapes, and, uh, and uh, she ended up being rejected <laughs> for, for many years by the... Um, by the people who live out here in British Columbia, but uh, after a while, they they've changed their mind. <laughs> yeah. that, uh, that's fascinating how how people uh, people's views, critics especially, uh, change over the years as to one's work. Yes, well, our art is a always evolving, and um, and uh, different uh, periods have different um, preoccupations, different fashions, if you if you want, and. Um, and uh, they, it's it's always an evolving story, uh, the story of art. You, your tastes change too, don't they? I mean, we see that throughout the book. Yes, uh, you're, you're very right. I, I, my my taste changed, and uh, as I, I learned more about uh, certain artists, and um, and uh, definitely, I, I think that's a, that's a fairly normal um, thing to happen to uh, people who. Uh, are keen on visual art. Something we also see uh, throughout the book are, are um, anecdotes about artists that you've gotten to know, that you've become friends with. Uh, does that change how you look at, say, art in general? I mean, uh, it is important to know the stories behind, uh, say, the work and behind the artist's life, um, to know what an artist is going through. Um, when you get to become friends with them, does that, does that change how you... you you say feel about their work? Well, I, I think inevitably it does. Um, uh, it, it gives you um, perhaps more insight into the um, into the uh, artist. But you know, um, I, I have to say that uh, two uh, artists who uh, figure very prominently in the book, name, namely uh, Jean-Paul Riopelle and um, Emily Carr, neither of whom uh, have I met. Mm-hmm. Yet, uh, because I've lived with their work for so many years, I feel I know them very well. I feel that uh, if I do meet them uh, again, uh, and I hope I will, I, I mean, if I meet them the first time upstairs, um, there won't be too many surprises. I, 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 I think I, I, uh, through their art, I, I, I've got to, um, to know them. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, it's interesting. There's an artist called Jack Shadbolt. And uh, he was a, probably uh, one of British Columbia's most prominent artists. And he, I knew him well. He, he was, a, in a sense, a friend, even though he was quite a bit older than me. Mm-hmm. And uh, yet, um, I was just reading this week 
uh, a, a book that's coming out on his um, his letters and his private writing, and and that's a whole new revelation to me. So, you know, um, artists don't always uh, w- uh, show their true colors um, uh, in their work. Uh, you, it's, it's fascinating to know uh, what uh, what goes on in their um, in their their private life. Yeah, and, and not about Chad Bolden at all. But but when you do read about an artist and say say you know they've done something bad or they're less than pleasant, does that change how you look at their work? Not not really. I mean, I um, I know you know I I have a feeling that some of the artists I've collected haven't um, always been the most affable, the most. <laughs> Yeah. friendly type of people but um I, I i judge them through their work really yeah. and uh and uh and uh yeah i think one has to um, has to do that there's a painting in the book by augustus john um oh. of, of your mother that we see in the book yes. um I, i'm assuming you've got gotten to see that up close yes uh, i i yeah. don't uh, really um own that painting it's mm-hmm. in the um uh, Beaverbrook uh, Art Gallery in uh, Fredericton, New Brunswick, but it was a uh, painting uh, uh, of my mother that um, the famous British artist Augustus John did around the time of the First World War, and I'd heard about it. There's a story in our family about it, but uh, when my my grandfather, who had a restaurant in London, when he went bankrupt in the uh, 1930s. He ended up selling the uh, painting to uh, a man called Sir John Dunn, who uh, ultimately uh, was a friend of uh, Beaverbrook and ended up uh, donating the work to the um, to the art uh, gallery in, in Fredericton. And uh, so it was a it was a uh, I, I never knew uh, until I, I mentioned it to the, uh, one of the uh, chief curators at the. Um, National National Gallery of Canada. That uh, I'd heard of this painting, and they were able to locate it in uh, just a few weeks for me. So it was wonderful that we had uh, a major collection come out from the Beaverbrook to our museum in Whistler, and mm-hmm. included in that was a um, portrait of my mother, and, and so that was a, a big surprise. So th- this was your, your your mother when she was younger. This is before yes. you were born. What what is it yes. like to look at her that way and see her depicted by an artist? Well, um, I, I I think I would have recognized her, mm-hmm. um, and um, I, I think you know I haven't seen all the portraits that were done. I think the Modigliani also did a portrait of her, but I, I haven't seen that. But he had a very special way of um, of depicting women, usually with um, very long necks, I recall. But um, I, I, it, it was just a um, uh, fascinating, and um, in, in a sense, I wish I could acquire that uh, that painting for our family. But I, I don't know. I've never approached the Beaverbrook to know if they'd like to uh, deaccession it, and if they did, I'm sure they'd want to. Uh, Sell it to the highest uh, bidder who, who might not be myself. Mm, yeah. I, I'm not going to ask you, Michael, what your favorite work is, um, but there, there must be one piece. <laughs> that's, that, that's good that you're not <laughs> going to do it because it's 
too it's too difficult. It's, I can't tell you who my my favorite grandchild is either. I'll bet. I'll bet. Yeah. <laughs> but but there must be one piece that that um, says a lot about you. I mean, um, that you you look at a lot and and see yourself in it. I mean, is there something like that? Say. I, I I'm not sure that that's the case. Really, um, I I admire so many of the. Um, artists who, whose work has been our privilege to collect, and um, I would have loved to have met them. For instance, um, we have a, a significant collection of the work of the Mexican modernist uh, Diego Rivera, and um, would I have loved to have uh, met him? He's also famous, by the way, as the uh, two-time husband of, uh, of Frida Kahlo, mm. who, who has become more famous than her husband, but but uh, yeah, it's uh, as a lot, a lot of artists uh, uh, I would like to have met. But you know, would, would I have got on, got on with them? I'm not sure. I'm not sure that they would have been interested in me. And um, so I, I I just enjoy their um, their work. And uh, as I say, um, we've been very privileged to um, live with such uh, marvelous collections. I'm uh, fascinated by how discerning your eye is um, in terms of uh, what we see in this book. Um, is there art that you don't like? Well, of course, uh, uh, you know, the way I put it is that there's art that one is attracted to. I, I, I don't, um, I can't say I dislike any art, but one's attracted to um, uh, certain periods. You're attracted, one's attracted to certain colors. Uh, certain media. Some people love sculpture. Some people love watercolors, and you know. So that's the way I would um, put it. So uh, no, I I don't um, I don't dislike any arts. <laughs> yeah. I really don't. Yeah, well, how do you react to people who come up to you and say, "Hey, uh, have you seen such and such artist? The, the, this other BC artist, say, uh, they give you a name." Um, do you uh, seek them out? Do you, do you, do you look at, at at their work and and? Well, occasionally that that happens, and I, I try to go to um, to new um, new new exhibitions of, of uh, emerging artists, and um, and uh, that that does occasionally happen. But you know, I, I, what has happened to us is, is that once we um, we get hooked on an artist, we uh, we we usually want a number of their uh, a number of their works. So um, and, and uh, some of them are we we we're able to um, acquire you know from their uh, their galleries during their lifetime. Others uh, we, we're acquiring from uh, dealers and uh, art auctions. Yeah. Um, the other thing that I, I I get as I read your book is is. Um just how important appreciating art is and, and and as a society we lose a lot when we don't uh, have any use for art are, are you hopeful that future generations w will um, be interested in art as, as, as you have as, as, as others who who um, find the value in art well very definitely I, I, I think um, it, it's, uh, it's it's art is simply um, Made my life a lot richer, and and I think it's uh, done the same thing for um, millions of uh, other people. Um, and uh, you know, going back in history, 
you you can go back to what we might call prehistoric times, the, the before our own species. Neanderthals were apparently also uh, collecting works that one of decorative sort that one can only call art. We we're finding all that out today. I think though, uh, it, because uh, in my lifetime in British Columbia, at least. Uh, there is a lot more interest in visual art today. And I think that's because there's more art available for people to see. There's a lot of uh, public art in, 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 the, in the public realm at the present time, and, uh, and, uh, which is stimulating to people. And also, we, I think pr- probably uh, every uh, small town in, 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 uh, in, uh, in British Columbia, if not the whole of Canada, now has uh, a, 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 some sort of a public art gallery. So, but you know, when I grew up in uh, Victoria, when I was young, yeah. uh, it was the capital of British Columbia. There was there was no public art gallery. Yeah, and, and it, it does say something about when you when you uh, show us the, the, these works in your book of, of of the Northwest Coast art, especially, um, it shows just how. I guess how good the art is, but but just how beautiful this part of the world is, and, and how it's influenced its artists, hasn't it? Yes. Well, the the uh, the art of the original people of the um, Northwest Coast, the indigenous uh, people, is uh, I think it's uh, famous now all around the world for for the uh, sophistication of um, of their artwork, and the interesting thing is that. It, ranges from the miniature, from the jewelry that used to make, mm-hmm. to the monumental, uh, which, uh, of course, the largest uh, works would be, we call totem poles. Mm-hmm. And, and so um, it was a very rich uh, artistic heritage on this coast. You, you mentioned a moment ago um, uh, growing up in Victoria, and um, you write in the book about going to the Royal BC Museum as a boy and yeah. uh, seeing the masks there. Um, I, I was just curious, uh, Michael, when, when the issue of the building came up uh, a couple of years ago with the previous premier, did you have any opinions as to what they should have done with, with, with that facility? Uh, not, not, uh, not exactly. I didn't uh, get involved. I, was, I wasn't um, invited or consulted in, in any way, except uh, I, I, I think the, the government of the day uh, uh, didn't uh, really realize how important the uh, Royal BC Museum is to the people of Victoria, mm-hmm. because uh, we all grew up with it and uh, and we all had memories of it. And I, I think the idea that they thought they could close it for I don't know six or even longer years, and uh, uh, Victorians got very uh, upset about that. So I understand and. Um, so um, that, that's uh, all I know about that situation. I guess the building isn't sound seismically that, that um, I guess it, it should have been replaced, right? I, I, I guess so. I, I remember when it was opened by uh, Premier W.A.C. Bennett, and it was tremendous. When I was a boy, it was just in a wing of the, um, of the legislative buildings. There, it, there was no purpose uh, 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 building uh, for fit, fit for art, uh, but it's just convenient to put it where where there are some offices and that 
thing, but uh, it grew into uh, its present building, and hopefully one day it will um, emerge into a, another building. Yeah, indeed. Um, I, I'm fascinated by the work of Jeff Wall and Stan Douglas, and, and, and you've collected them over the years. Um, I, I quite like the McLeod's books piece that, that Douglas um, <laughs> did. Um, it, it's a, you have it on two full pages in, in the book. Um, it's such a captivating work, and, and you, you really do get lost looking at it, don't you? Yes, it, the, the detail is absolutely amazing. Yeah. Um, and I say that I yeah. say that as someone who used to uh, frequent uh, McNeil books. <laughs> um, there's a, a great story in the book about um, Jeff Wall and um, this one particular uh, 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 photograph of his, and. Um, I'm wondering, um, because it, 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 was, it, it depicted, a, um, I'm trying to remember what, what it's called now, but it, it depicted um, an old house, and you mentioned to Wall that it looked like some of the um, uh, areas of the Lower Mainland where your company was developing, you know, building new houses upon, say. Yes. And and he, um, you were telling him this, and, and I, I don't know, was he dismissive of what you were saying, or because he, he just walked away, didn't he? <laughs> Jeff Wall is a, a very important uh, artist. You know, if I was doing a um, some sort of a checklist of the um, most uh, important visual artists in our um, in our country, he would be uh, he would be near the top and. Of course, he, he's um, he's important internationally for um, for um, kind of bringing the the photographic uh, image into fine art uh, museums, and so uh, he's a very distinguished artist. His his art his art is often to me it's often um, mysterious, if I could say it's a little airy at times, and and uh, so um, but it, but it's still um, uh, I, I've uh, really uh, been attracted to it, and I, I wish that um, I had been able to uh, earlier acquire um, more of a, uh, more of Jeff's work because uh, it is a, 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 a superb uh, art making. So th- that one story in the book about your conversation with him, looking at this one piece, uh, do you think he was dismissive of development or? or, or um... <laughs> well, I, 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 I don't, uh, I don't know. I cannot uh, speak for um, an artist, and um, no, it, it was a, it was a strange um, uh, work, and um, I, I thought I'd had other, uh, acad- I'd had an academics look at it, and they, they told me, <laughs> relating to all sorts of various art theories, uh-huh. all about it, and whereas uh, Jeff said. You know, I was driving through this area one day, and uh, I saw this um, uh, piece of land, this situation, this landscape that interested me. So I, uh, I recorded it, and that's the, the simple way that he uh, he put it. Yeah, um, it, it's been such a pleasure talking to you today. It's it, it's a fascinating book, and and I know that um, I, I spent uh, several hours just getting lost in it over over the last. Uh, several weeks. Um, Congratulations and and continued good luck with it. Thanks for your time today. Thank you so very much. Goodbye. 
The book is called Pictures on the Wall, Building a Canadian Art Collection. It's published by Douglas and McIntyre. It's author Michael Audane. Join me on the line from his home in West Vancouver. In Vancouver, I'm Joseph Plunto.